The following podcast is a recap of a movie you have never even heard of, let alone seen. Consequently, the entire conversation is spoilerific. We here at Pain and Green Peppers, at least the same among us, encourage you to avoid watching any movie we discuss at all costs. It is not worth the damage it will do to your soul. Just sit back and be amused at Shane's anger and outrage. Thank you. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hi, folks. This is Raising John, formerly of Raising John's Chinchilla Farm. Sadly, the farm had to be shut down, not as a result of the never-ending lawsuits, but because of the stampede. But they say when God closes the door, he opens up a window. And unfortunately, when that window is open, a thousand weasels crawl through it. Yes, one of the stranger things that COVID-19 has caused was a weasel population explosion. Consequently, the entire area has been overrun by them fuzzy, snake-like critters. But don't you worry, our highly trained team of exterminators will come to your house and stomp, shoot, stab, or burn them toothy vermin until your house is clean and clear of the pestilence. Heck, we'll even use our years of expertise to skin those suckers and make potholders out of their fur for a negligible charge. So just call us down here at Raging John's Weasel Killing Services, Inc. Or come down and visit us in person just off Highway 66 on the Frontage Road. Hey everybody, Shane from the Paid and Green Peppers podcast here. Just wanted to let you know a couple things about this week's episode. Number one, we have a new theme song. Uh, it's actually called Green Peppers by the amazing Herb Alpert. And the other thing is that somewhere during this episode, there was a technical glitch during the recording. I was unable to find it to edit it out for some reason, and I really thought I had marked down where it was. Apparently I didn't uh, write the correct time down so I could go back and track it down and edit it out correctly to make it seem more professional. But, uh, you know, it's raw, it's real, it's kind of who we are. But thank you guys so much for listening, streaming, downloading, pirating, throwing this at your neighbor's cat. I don't care what you're doing. Uh, Just really appreciate you guys' support. Thanks a lot, and we will hopefully get back with you guys soon with another new fantastic episode at the Peyton Green Peppers Podcast, where we watch the worst movies of all time so you don't have to. podcast where we watch the worst movies of all time so you don't have to and you know somebody's got to do it and well we sort of live for this sort of thing don't we shane no no you live for it and i am slowly dying from it (laughs) that's what i really meant thank you yeah you're stealing my soul one one horrible movie at a time well yeah, I guess you, you got a point there. But there's a lot more really horrible movies to go, so we have a we have a vast future of misery together. So don't worry about that. It's okay. No, 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 no. There may be a lot of movies. I got nothing left. Just, <laughs> just took it out of me, man. I, pref- I prefer to think of these films as injecting you with new life, if you will. Sort of like Reanimator. Yeah, the anti-life, perhaps. The you know, sort of like I, I don't know, whatever. 
It, it's just, it's killing, it's giving me cancer. What it is, it's, and it's giving me toe cancer. I have cancer of the toe because I watch these movies. This is what happened. Soaking in apple cider vinegar, it will be fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, why don't I go ahead and pet a crystal and chant to, to a, a, a little holistic gong while I'm at it. <laughs> I don't promote gong usage, no. Yeah, yeah. All right. No you, wouldn't, you, you wouldn't know that by the movies you watch. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> I only picked the best, my friend. Uh huh. Sure. So, what uh, what is the monstrosity that you uh, picked this time around? Well, since you asked. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the film that we watched this week uh, was Demons 6. Also known as... A.K.A. Black Cat. Also known as... De Profundus. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's a lot of names. It's a mouthful. It's a lot of uh, identities. But, you know, it's one of those movies that has a lot of layers, so it could really use multiple monikers. Don't you agree? You know, what I found is that if a movie has more than one title, it sucks. <laughs> for, uh, for example, what most people would, uh, would remember... Uh, the whole Birds of Prey fiasco, and it was just a horrible movie, and no one went to watch it because it was horrible. And the producers thought, oh, you know what we should do is just give it another name. Then people know it's not so horrible. No, they changed it to a different, completely different name, and it was still horrible because it's still the same stupid movie. Changing the name doesn't help. Well, you know, a, a cow patty is still a cow patty, even if you call it a hamburger, right? Exactly. Exactly. It was, and this was a cow patty, a big steaming cow. <laughs> Rules to live by. <laughs> so, you want to give us a little bit of background on this nastiness before we jump into the actual details? And I just, you know, cry myself to sleep tonight. Uh, sure. Yeah. This is uh, a fantastic piece of uh, cinema. <clears throat> was a sort of, you know, supposed to be like a third uh, installment uh, for those of you listening that are uh, fans of the uh, Dario Argento films. Uh, he did, he has done, he was working on a Three Mothers trilogy is what it was, right? Well, he did the first two installments and he did them incredibly well. So that's a matter of one's opinion, sure. Right, right. The original being Suspiria and, you know, so, so we get to this one. What was the second one? Inferno. Oh, Inferno. I do apologize. Wait a minute. You got a cheater back there. <laughs> I heard that. Somebody's feeding you the answers. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, he's just sitting here enjoying the ambiance, really. It's, uh, this is my it sound. That, it was your echo before you actually said it? Is that what it was? That's right. That's right. <laughs> It's like my version of, uh, you know, uh, what, what do you call those devices that people talk to you now and uh, they kind of uh, spy on you and things of that nature? What are those things called? Sure, sure, sure. Alexa uh, and something else. And Siri and, and all the other ones, yeah. The, yeah, the that's right. So this is my uh, living, breathing uh, version of that. Anyway, back to the fantastic movie. Oh, damn it. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. I know, that. We almost got off of the, that uh, ah. dreadful topic. I do apologize. But uh, now this was supposed to be uh, originally a, a third installment to complete the Three Mothers uh, film series, but it uh, unfortunately didn't quite manifest 
like that. I guess that's a nice way of putting it. Um, The film was actually written by Dario Argento's ex-wife who wrote Suspiria and Inferno. And as I said before, uh, if you've seen these films, they are considered masterpieces. They are very good films. Uh, You know, I have a recollection of those, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, now you can go back and watch them and say, oh, you know, Pat was right. Wow. I, uh, what a, you know, I should have watched these again. Well, <laughs> maybe they'll be masterpieces compared to this. Well, that wouldn't be hard, my friend, uh, because you know me, I love movies that aren't that great. And for this particular movie, even though I can't say I hated it, because there's very few films I can say I just totally hate, this film was not, not the case with me. What? <laughs> Not the case with me. I can say that quite often. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Mostly every other month we can finally get our schedules together. I say that. Right, right. So see, whereas I can say, <laughs> where I can say I didn't hate this film, but I didn't love this film. You can say you didn't love this film, but you might have liked it a little bit, maybe. Maybe. A little? Nah. No. 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 Not even a smidge. Not even a smidge. Not- smidge okay (laughs) well as the story goes and i'll I'll wrap this up quickly um yeah argento's ex-wife had written this third installment of the three mothers trilogy mother of tears basically is what it is and um she uh was going to present it she actually did present it to uh dino de laurentis as a you know potential producer of the film but he declined for whatever reason Oh, I, I can't imagine why. I mean, <laughs> well, was his track record of having amazing, fantastic movies. Well, you know, I know, but apparently they were acquainted. So uh, she presented it to him. And, Italy, but, there's like four people in Italy. They all know each other. They do. They live in the same village, I think, don't they? I think so, yeah. They sit around and eat spaghetti and talk about bad movies. That's what they oh, do. This yeah, is going to be a masterpiece. Uh, yeah, that was probably not good. Anyway, um, while she's uh, bartering or bickering or trying to persuade Mr. De Laurentiis to uh, produce this film, Argento was supposed to direct this third installment. But in the meantime, he ends up moving on to another project. I believe it was Tenebrae, another film he did, which is actually uh, actually quite good. So anyway, he got off on another project completely. So needless to say, he did not participate in the creation of this film. So what happens is she ends up uh, approaching a, uh, you know, a friend of hers, Luigi Cosi, who agrees. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) He agrees to take on the film with one stipulation. He's going to rewrite much of it where it is not so much a third installment of the story as an homage to Argento and the whole idea of the story uh do you follow me so in doing so i have a feeling the original script lost its luster i'm fairly certain it did yeah so anyway uh yeah you can blame uh Kazi on this film because argento really had nothing to do with it the original script was completely well not completely changed i'm sure but it was manipulated to fit his agenda therefore making it what it is today uh-huh. so, sure. so if, if that uh, tells anyone anything about it 
It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Oh, okay. The mission they accomplished. That long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so, not like anyone's downloading this stuff anyway, man. If I'm not paying attention, who is really? Oh, we're gonna change that, baby. This is 2020. Things are changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? <laughs> we had a fire tornado in, in California yesterday, right? An actual ah, tornado yeah. made a fire. 2020 is just looking great, dude. Oh, fantastic. It's our year. Good times, man. Hey, it's not the first fire or tornado or earthquake this uh, dear planet of ours has experienced, my friend. We will recoup. Oh, Lord. Industry right. So, anyway. Let's just try to get this over with. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about the stars a little bit before we... Uh, you know, or before I allow you to destroy the plot uh, completely <laughs> with your vile hatred of this film. This oh, movie, it's vile. <laughs> this movie stars a uh, quite an interesting little ensemble uh, of maybe, you know, there's one person in here which most people listening will probably recognize her name. Carolyn no, Eagle, no, right? no, 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 no. No, Maybe no, no. Like two people out of the people who listen to us might know who that, that is. But be honest, <laughs> no one knows who she is. Well, she's the most, I would say she was the most known stateside. How's that? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, that's fair, that's fair to say. She was in the Sinbad movie. She was, Golden Voyage of Sinbad. She was in The Spy Who Loved Me, James Bond. Sure. You know, she was a side character, a Bond girl, but... Uh, uh, some of the Hammer, you know, Hammer's Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, Abominable Dr. Fives. You know, she's been in some stuff. She starred in the movie Star Crash with, uh, who had a cameo uh, with David Hasselhoff in that film. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. The, you know, kind of a uh, Star Wars kind of ripoff sort of thing. So she was the main yeah. character in that. Again, you, 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 once you got past Bond, pretty yeah. much, you know. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of... Yeah, yeah. People who remember the Hammer films, okay. But you're starting about a Hasselhoff film? We're done. <laughs> Hasselhoff I don't watch a Hasselhoff film. Well, yeah, I agree. He's, he's drunk on the floor eating a hamburger. He's not watching this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Hasselhoff. <laughs> Well, let's move on to the other. Uh, there's, You know what? There were quite a few actors in this film. I'm only going to mention four of them uh, because... That's there are only four people that have more than two lines. Right, 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 right. And some of these people, I didn't know who they were playing in the film anyway, so it was literally impossible to identify the actors anyway. And I'm pretty sure the actors prefer that uh, after the film anyway. So anyway, we... <laughs> We're looking at another actor by the name of Urbano Barberini, who uh, played Mark Ravenna in the film. And some of the actors out there may know him uh, as the star of the film Gore and its sequel, The Outlaw of Gore, where he plays the, uh, the lead character. Gore. Gore, G-O-R, as, well as, as well as its sequel, Outlaw of Gore. Right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, the crap was wild. Yeah. <laughs> but he was also in uh, Argento's uh, Terror at the Opera, as well as the film Demons from 1985. Had a bit part in Casino Royale. Uh, so he's done some things. Uh, you know, he's still probably still active, I guess. Sure. And uh, then we've got Brett Halsey, who plays uh, movie producer Leonard Levin, who uh, was in the... 
Go ahead, go ahead. I know you. No, you're... no, no. I'll get to his actual character later. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was in The Godfather 3. Uh, he was in Demonia, a Lucio Filci, excuse me, Lucio Filci film. And actually had a couple episodes uh, where he played uh, cameo bit parts, whatever you want to call them, on the Dukes of Hazard TV series. And he was most famously known as the original John Abbott on the Young and the Restless from 1980 to 81. So that's Mr. Brett Halsey there playing Leonard Levin in this film. Sure. And I, I've got one more actor here, but you know what? Well, I guess I need to mention her because she's the, she's the main character. Florence Gurin or Jurin or something who played Anne Ravenna. And yeah. she was in a it, lot it, of... She had a striking resemblance to Rachel Weisz. You know what? You're right. Now that, uh, yeah, 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 I can see that. I can see that. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, so, there, there are times that she looked very much like her. Like, okay, that's interesting. Nah, you're but, right. I, I didn't make that connection, but now that you mention it, she, yeah, she actually well, does. My brain desperately reaching for anything to distract me from the god awfulness of the movie itself. So it's like making connections like a conspiracy. Like It's like Alex, Alex Jones on cocaine connecting conspiracy theories. That's what my brain was doing. <laughs> Find something interesting. Save yourself. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, well, whatever works. Those are called coping mechanisms, my friend. Yeah, sure. or, or defense mechanisms. I don't know. Something uh-huh. But anyway, she has a whole roster of films, uh, all foreign. Uh, none of which I had ever. Uh, I, I believe I had ever seen. So I didn't bother even writing any of those down. Uh, so, <laughs> just being honest, sure. you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> So anyway, um, so I guess we can sort of move on to things if you want to. As I said, the film was originally written by uh, Argento's ex, Daria Nicolotti. I don't think I dropped her name earlier, but that's who originally wrote it. She's not the one responsible, however, for what we're about to talk about. So Sure. You know, I, I think she is. Um, <laughs> gotta blame somebody <laughs> uh you know i don't i don't have anybody to hit right now so i'm just gonna you know, curse her name since she's giving it to me there you yeah. go yeah and so now that we know the people who are starring in this movie with a big question mark behind it uh <laughs> let's just go ahead and jump right in sure and uh <laughs> the uh the opening scene i'm like okay Okay, it opens up with this really weird, like, space and stars and planets, and there's a, um, what looks like a rock that looks like a fetus. Yes. And and I'm thinking, is this trying to be 2001, a space odyssey? Because it was, you know, sort of abstract, sort of weird, and a superimposed baby, and then BAM! Uh, we're hit with a Bang Tango song. Right. Um, yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, I got this girl riding in the back of a car with a pistol next to her. And what I thought was a very skinny teenage boy wearing sunglasses at night doing his best, best Corey Hart impersonation. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, look that, look that up, kids. That's from the 80s. We're old. <laughs> um, so... Uh, and uh, you know it was it's odd that okay as far as the music goes that for me that was okay bang tango that's unusual and I'm probably one of like five people including members of bang tango who'd recognize the song. Uh, 
Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so she, they, they pull up to this very strangely lit building and, and alley within a building and everything's crazy lit. Like it's, everything's red. It's, it's, you know, backlit red, it's frontlit red and blue and it's very strange. And this woman grabs the pistol and walks out and it's like, calling for George. George, I know you did it. I know that you're the murderer. Right. And I'm wondering why George doesn't want to come out because she's got some woman out there with a gun screaming at him saying, I know you did this. <laughs> Maybe George is smart and doesn't want to get shot. I don't know. But let me just cut back to the, the, the kid who's the, the limo driver and then he's getting his throat cut. Right. Turns out this is a girl. I didn't realize that until later, but um, they're random. And with with a with some person who's got a, just a plain what looked like a sock pulled over his face, like it's a, a large sock. Right. There's no it's just white. There's no anything to it. Um and uh you know there that that all of a sudden it's a movie. Uh it's a movie within a movie. They yell cut and it was all a movie the whole time. Yeah. Now, the thing that bothers me about this so much. But one the, this this trope of um, in these movies where they're like, you think this is the movie, but then it's a movie within a movie. Right. And not how stuff is made. It would have been like, cut. You know, focus on the gun. Cut. Focus in on the person who's getting the throat cut. Cut. Getting into makeup. Cut. Move into the other angle. Cut. Move into this angle. Cut. Oh, and it, but they, they show it. Like this is being filmed in real time, right? Uh, and it just so happens to be, oh well, you know, well it's, it was a movie, and oh, aren't we shocked? Uh, <laughs> you know, I generally like those kind of things—the movie inside a movie, or you know, things of that nature. But you're right; this one was not executed well at all. It was one one continuous shot, like you said, which you don't make movies that way, obviously. It's a hack job. You piece it together, multiple angles, things of that nature. That's right. not how they, how they Unless you're teenage kids with their buddy's camcorder and, you know, or, or just sort of got no idea what to do because we'd have no way to edit it. But you well, know, other you, than that, real people don't do that. You're just creating art. Yeah. I mean, let's be realistic. That's uh, that's called of consciousness filmmaking. That's what that was called. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, avant garde. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, it was a movie. Uh, the woman walks off there with her husband. The person who was the driver, which looked like a seventeen-year-old boy, was apparently a girl because at least the dubbing is like, "Oh, did you see who that was going then? It was the world famous movie producer. He's the greatest producer ever. Oh, the producer. Uh, okay." Uh, or director, I'm sorry, director, not producer. Either way, um, uh, she should have got an award for the corniest lines uh, in a movie because that was really cheesy. It was just, and, and she's sitting there with the slit throat makeup still on. Right. Because again, that's how you make a movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then uh, they're at the house. There's a babysitter or a nanny or an au pair or whatever they called them in Italy. Uh, servant girl, perhaps, I'm not sure, um, taking care of a baby. And she's like, oh, 
I have a cousin who's a huge fan of your husband and the woman, this Anne, who's the main character. I was like, well, sure, he can come over. That's great. Invite a stranger over to your uh, house of a famous person. Because that's never worked out badly. John Lennon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. You went. Whatever her name was, who was on my sister Sam. That never worked out bad. Yeah, that that always works out beautifully, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, then there's... uh, Yeah, and here we go. This is one of the things about this movie. The cuts were so jarring. And there was not even clean cut with the sound. So the, the picture would change. But there'd be like a drag with the sound, like for half a second or so, and so, and they were so jarring, and they go back and forth, back and forth. It was almost enough to give me an epileptic seizure. Oh yeah, you know, just and, and it's so hard because you're dealing with, you know, well, I saw this on YouTube because you know we're not about to spend money on this. Exactly. Watch this. Um, and well, we don't have a YouTube, budget for that. <laughs> Are you kidding? We have a budget at all. Maybe we should put up a Patreon page, and if we ever got more than three people to listen to us, maybe somebody give us a penny or two. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, they, they, they just cut, and it's so hard to keep up with any because the uh, transfer to YouTube was so bad. Uh, it's just it was so, bad. Uh, you, you couldn't make out half the details, which is fine. Um, the less I could make make out of this, the better. Uh, I stopped wearing my reading glasses just so I could uh, lose more detail and save myself some pain. Um, well, let me ask you this. Did you watch the Japanese subtitled version? Is that the one you watched? Yeah, it's like Japanese. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, we, we jumped to more 80s hair metal music. Uh, this was White Lion. Uh, yes. Let's go crazy. Um, and this guy's typing on uh, what I can only describe as a Commodore 64. Uh, right. It's, really, it's, it's, it's such an old computer. Even this movie was made in 89. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was running, you know, DOS. This was so, is that, you know, the, uh, the, the kind of computer where the, the screen is black and, and green. And it's very, everything's a pixel and a little dot. And it was just, so he's, you know, typing on this um, with a blow up Godzilla that you would get from Spencer's Gifts. Uh, oh, I noticed that day. too, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, he had uh, that in there, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. What do you think about that? Yeah, no. No, you, know, I mean, you can try. You can try to put lipstick on a pig, but still a pig, dude. Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> and, and, and I and I wasn't really able to keep up with this because it just sort of jumped and jumped and jumped and jumped. Um, and of course, like most everything that we've ever reviewed here, nothing is ever explained. There's no backstory. There's no anything. What I kind of gathered was that uh, Carolyn Monroe, whose uh, character name escapes me, um, is this dude's wife. 
and uh, she wants to be the uh, the next movie, but he doesn't want that, or he wants. I don't remember. It's just sort of it just sort of blows past you in such a weird and uh, an incomprehensible way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of does. Feel free to jump in any time, dude. It's not like I carry this whole thing anyway. Well, as you were saying, uh, they're writing this script, right, for the film. And uh, yeah. now Carolyn Monroe. Oh, we'll get to the script in a minute. Oh, my God, the script. The script. <laughs> it's four pages long, remember? It's a good script. Now, oh, the, uh, the, uh, four pages. Four pages? We'll get to that. Goodness. But, uh, yeah, now, now the main character is... The Anne, the Florence Gurin was playing the uh, yeah the main character Anne Ravenna, who is the writer's wife, who is actually going yeah, the to director. be Kate, or the director's, the director's wife. wife. Yeah, yeah, maybe the director's that's wife yes. is Anne is yeah. the director's wife with hair, and then Carolyn Monroe is the writer's wife, and he's bald. Right, right, that's right. Yeah, the bald-headed dude, which I don't know what his name was either. So yeah. But anyway, these guys are working together to create uh, this film about Lavana. Yeah, right. But we don't even that get kinda... that yet. We don't even get that yet. It's the there's a, a voiceover just kind of out of nowhere that you know, where the where she's put the kid to bed and then something that they put a uh, one of those wind up uh, music boxes things and all of a sudden a voice comes over and. Sleep now, death is near. Uh, and it's right. no, no context, no anything. <laughs> we don't know. Is this a music box? Are these very odd parents who are just trying to make the child warped, you know, to, to make them grow up and 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 do movie review podcasts? I don't know, but it's just that not, explains it a lot. Good. <laughs> uh, I knew I recognized that music box. Yeah, okay. Now yeah, exactly. It's what you grew up with. Right. <laughs> yeah, that scene really for me it was it was it was kind of like um this is supposed to be creepy. I get it. Creepy old music box next to a baby playing creepy music. I get the idea of building the eeriness of the scene, but the context Okay, Pat. Pat yeah. Pat. All right. Um you cut out real bad okay. there for a second. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make a note to kind of edit here. Sure. Uh, and I'm going to try to just sort of uh, piece it together. Let's just, once you pick it up, uh, just start talking about the movie, bo- the, the music box, and then I'll try to just sort of splice this together. All right. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. So, so the scene with the music box, I, I get what they were trying to do there. You have this, this creepy antique-esque, I guess it's an antique, who knows, music box playing this creepy music. What's well, Italy? There's nothing new. <laughs> playing this creepy music, and you're, they're trying to set a scene of eeriness, you know, because there's a baby laying there, helpless, sleeping in a crib, whatever. I got it. I understood the point, but the context was non-existent i guess right yeah right and then we jump to the uh writer the director and their wives are um eating together and they're they're telling him that telling the girls about this 
fantastic new project that they're going to get uh, about Lavana, the super witch. And, I like And here's where it goes. Here's where it goes like super weird and meta. Yes. You know, because we're doing movies and, you know, as, as you said, Argento was supposed to do this. His wife um, was the you know, writer of this. And then the director in the film and the writer in the film yeah. start talking about, we're going to make the third mother movie. <laughs> uh, Dario Argento made the first two. Uh, and they were fantastic, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like, okay. Um, and only because I had this weird grasp, you know, this tenuous grasp of this stuff, because again, I was abused by my best friend, you know, uh, for, for years watching these things. And uh, uh, so I get that it's like this little meta reference of a movie within a movie, reference, reference, referencing. I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> Referring to itself and other movies outside of the reality that it is reality, it's very, you know, very Deadpool right. sort of thing. You know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a... And then the 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 uh, they that later on the and I want to know about this script. Well, it's on my desk, and he, she goes to read it. And oh then yeah, she goes to the bathroom. Someone's calling yeah. her. She goes to the bathroom. And something breaks through the mirror, right. and it, it looks like an alien because <laughs> it's brown and it has like bubbly scales all over. Um, and again, you just sort of put this together. This is Lavana, and Lavana is screaming, "You'll never play me! You'll never show my face on the screen!" <laughs> And then does like techno drool on her, like four or five different color colors yes. of drool, like pour out of this these things mouth. And I guess it was supposed to be acid. I'm not, that was not quite sure. I, but then, haha! It's yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is an incredibly okay. hyper abused uh, twist in this film. Would you agree? Oh my God! They just do this over and over and over again. Where it's not even a trope. We're like, oh, it's a dream. Oh, is this real or is this dream? Because you don't even—it it doesn't make sense either way. And uh, you know, I, I can only assume they're trying to be mysterious about this and make it that you couldn't tell what it was. Oh, you're so confused. Oh, it's terrifying. You don't even know if you're real or not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just. It was just this. It was worn out because every other scene. Oh, it was a dream. Oh, there's something else that happened. Oh, it was a dream. Well, well, after like twice, you're like, oh, well, anything that happens creepy is a freaking dream. So it no longer has any effect on you whatsoever. You're not confused. You're not petrified. You're like, oh, great, we're in dream exactly. time again. La da 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 da. I'm gonna go get some milk. And wait for this right. and, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's just like you. And it happens immediately after. I mean, that's the stupid. <laughs> it happens again immediately right after. You know, uh, you know, the the husband's like, 
oh no, it was just a dream. It was very real. It was a very real nightmare. Yeah. And you know, she goes back to bed and immediately there's a green tint over the entire house, and you hear, Ern, come downstairs. I'm waiting for you. Well, you know, when I hear a creepy disembodied voice, I immediately run right toward it. Because you know, that's what a person does. It's actually terrified of demons and spirits and immortal witch souls, you know. Go right to it. Let's go downstairs. Yeah. You know, don't poke your husband and say, hey, dude, you hear this? Why don't you do something about this? You and the brothers crap in my house by writing this. You take care of it. No, no. Let's go get up quietly. La, 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 la. Go downstairs with something that just tried to kill you. And oh, the horror. There's a smoking. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that refrigerator for a second, can we? That, uh, hmm. The refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, they come. Uh, they, yeah, she walks in the refrigerator. She opens the door and all this smoke. Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't know. If I got up in the middle of the night to a smoking refrigerator, I would probably be a little more excited, like maybe unplug it, check for fires, things of that nature. How about you? I don't know. Um, that's me. Right. And it happens again, and she doesn't even unplug it. To the right. Like, oh smoking refrigerator number one if your refrigerator is on fire something is wrong because refrigerator usually doesn't have fire in it now smoking stove okay maybe you left your roast in or something but a refrigerator with smoke pouring out of it kind of it's pretty normal maybe not so much in italy maybe it's commonplace there i don't know but then the husband yeah the, the husband comes in talks to her yet again Tells her oh, everything's fine. Smoke's still billowing, billowing out of the, you know, the refrigerator. And does he unplug it? Does he, you know, look to see if no sparks or anything? No, he says, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll take care of it in the morning. Smoke's still pouring out of this thing. He goes back to bed. Yeah, now this husband is super involved and super cares about whatever this going on in his life. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh... And so, then right after that, uh, something reaches from between, uh, through yeah. a wall, and by wall, I mean, uh, some cardboard that someone <laughs> put up, uh, and painted, because a wall, I don't know, most, again, I don't know how they do things in Italy, but most walls that you have, have, uh, studs that mm. go through them, and they're thick, and you know, if you were to put your hand between the studs through both the sheetrock, yeah, you could in theory do that. Um, but there's going to be space and wire and insulation and all sorts of stuff. But this is just one of those movie walls where, like, oh, the hand comes right through it, and you can see uh, behind the, where the, the hand's coming through. And what's playing? Radar Love, yes, white yes, yes. Yeah, you know, I, I am firmly convinced, and well, no, I'm gonna I'll address this later. That's like okay, the ninth okay. song. Yeah. So we'll come back to that thought. Yes, and, and then the and then we go right back to the smoking refrigerator where she finally unplugs it, and now blood starts pouring yeah. out of the refrigerator with no context yeah. and no it doesn't do it. it. Yeah, it doesn't do oh. anything. It serves no purpose. A bleeding fridge. Well, it's, you it's, you're, it's supposed to evoke emotion 
towards the fridge, I think. Like, th- that poor refrigerator has been through a lot, I think. Ah, uh, you know, this is what happens when the people watch too much art film. <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna make things weird for no reason. It's gonna yeah. mean something. No, no it's not. means nothing. It's not. <laughs> That's just a waste of a visual. It's just not, it's not, it's not. Yeah. So, again, we just, just jump cut. Just like every other cut. scene in the film. And there's no blend. There's no, there's no smooth mm-hmm. transition. It's like, bam, bam. And so now, uh, writer and uh, director are on the way to the uh, prospective producer's house. The, the director's like, well, this movie's driving my wife crazy. She was up all night with these crazy nightmares. And the writer's like, ah, it's because she's confused because of the movie she's in right now. Basically, she's crazy. Don't worry about a thing. You know, because again... Husbands in Italy. Yeah, they, the they care a lot, um, don't they? Yeah. And this oh, is this God. is when we this um, is when we meet. The we producer. do meet the producer, but before that, as you said, they were discussing how his wife is basically nuts because she's confusing the film and the new script and all that. They, this is where they make the connection. Why we get the Black Cat title as an AKA for Demon Six or De Profundus because they slipped that line in there about how they are connected. The Edgar Allan Poe story talks about witches assuming black cat forms and she's getting... This- yeah, that, the, that a, a black cat is just a witch in disguise. Yes. So all of a sudden, yeah, it's like... Yeah, they, they, did that, <laughs> they did that as smoothly and as uh, uh, subtly as... Uh, Turtus and Ninja Empire will must be a commander carry. I am Ninja Turtle. That's how I slipped that in. You know, I slipped that right in. Yeah, it was executed beautifully, wasn't it? Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not to mention the fact that they have a black cat literally pilfering through just random scenes throughout the film to sort of... Yeah, no matter where they are, there's a black cat. Except, except in the uh, uh, professor of, I don't even know what she's a professor of. We'll see her later. But she had a fat she did. cat. She did. Yeah, but there's just random black cats everywhere. And they're all must fatty. Be <laughs> Italy, they're running rampant. I don't know. Apparently. So the, the, the talk of this producer, this producer is not. A oh, you mean uh, Leonard Levin played by Mr. Brett Halsey. Yes. Not a- sure. Sure. Um, he's like, what I like is your script was only four pages. Well, we wrote it together. It's four pages. You don't write four pages together. You write four pages, and the other person writes four pages, and then you've written eight pages together. But if you have to have two people to write four pages, you're not much of a writer. That's true. That is a very valid point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. He didn't waste my time. You see all this? Mountains of crap. You cut right through it. This is brilliant. Ah. You know, in the real world, if you turn in four pages to a producer, he would probably sick the dogs on you. I think that's absolutely true. This was a different twist on that for sure. Because the script that he threw violently to the floor had like, I don't know, what, about 50,000 pages? He threw it across Mountains yeah, this crap. is garbage. I had to read all this garbage, but I like your four pages because honestly, I hate to read, and that made it easy on me. Yeah. <laughs> Just... I'm sorry. 
You stroked out there for a second. I like your four pages. Yeah, because he, he apparently didn't care about reading. He hated to read. So he's like, I got four pages. Cool, I'll make up the rest as I go along. It, you know, it's just, it seemed, it, it was just, he was pleased that they uh, did such a lengthy job. I can, I can only assume that the, the script that he referred to as a pile of crap and through the floor was a script of the movie that were actually watched. Uh, <laughs> I think you're right. I think I did a freeze frame, and you're right. That is what the title was. I think. <laughs> oh, that um, dude was not nice. Then, no, then jump right back to, back to the, the Anne going in to see her baby. There's a kid. Who's got some sort of weird Russian yeah. accent in the room, and she just assumes that this is the cousin that the babysitter was talking about. Doesn't make any kind of alarm or anything like, oh, you know, stranger in my without house. Yeah, with with no permission or anything. He's just hanging out with the baby. Yeah, well, you know, there was also a repairman later, or just right. before that. There was fixed refrigerator uh did you know i got it i got a comment on the repair guy you know she talks to him a bit right okay they sort of converse. sure as you know here's the bill it's done basically and they show the inside of the refrigerator and there's like two it is it's a nuclear wasteland yeah, he says it's fixed this thing is trash i'm like what he hands her an invoice for her to pay, and he says, I'm gonna clean up and leave now, basically. And I'm like, that fridge is I don't know, it just it was not done. I just... Yeah, no, it's black. You don't understand. It was black. It was you know, this it was still full of ash and soot and black. You know, okay, maybe he put out the fire, uh, but it was yeah. black. And 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 again, if you if you watch this, which I don't advise, you know, this is the this is a refrigerator you would find in an American dorm oh, yeah. room. It is a tiny little thing. This is not, you know, a big giant refrigerator you would see in an actual house where, you know, you would have, if someone's such a successful director and movie star, you'd think they'd have kind of a sure. big kitchen, a big thing. But no, and I can understand the tiny refrigerator if they were living in one of those little cramped villas, right. you know, just on top of each other. But this is a oh, mansion. Yeah. You know, it's a big house, uh, multiple stories, and you know, and yet the only thing they got for a refrigerator is something that's it's the same size as in my kid's room, so he can hold his root beer and make it cold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's exactly what it was like. I mean, let's. Uh, it was just that was just a that was a very bizarre scene about the refrigerator. But uh, as you mentioned earlier, and we'll we'll you know that. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute about that scene, but go ahead, go ahead. Right, but then, the, then they, the she is like the, the Russian kids like, can I hold your baby? <laughs> I didn't know it was Vlad the Impaler. What? <laughs> no, it really. A bit more toned down than that, but yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, it's a Klingon Western. <laughs> That, that, that he's like, can I hold your baby? No, I don't want to. I don't want to excite him. But go ahead and rock him, and then she just walks out. <laughs> I am not the world's greatest dad. I'm not. I'm gonna say that, you know. But even I would not let some complete stranger 
in the same room with my infant child and just walk away like nothing yeah. was wrong. That's um, poor parenting. So, I'm sorry. That's not okay. Then she had the, the babysitters in the other room taking... Well, I, I can only assume it's taking this woman's clothes to go dance. Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, I talked to your cousin. Well, he's not here. What? Oh, and can't open the door because she's too stupid to turn the door off, apparently. And there's no person in the in the baby's room, and there's no repairman, and there's no bill. Oh, it was a hallucination. She's gone crazy. Yeah, folks. what a shock. None of that happened. <laughs> again. Uh, I, again. And uh, then we go back to the meeting with the very nice producer man who's screaming at these guys, I'll show you what it means to me when I'm in my movie. I demand total commitment. Do you know what total commitment means? Your heart, your soul, your brain. <laughs> really? This is what commitment means? I thought it just meant, you know, hard work and going to go through what you say. I didn't realize it was all that, dude, but all right. Yeah. You know? He was passionate about that. That speech was moving, inspiring, and very violently executed. I don't know. It was not a nice guy. Yeah. No, he's not. And we jump back to the same scenes where she was attacked through the mirror again. Randomly inserted uh, for some reason. Randomly inserted. And you're sort of getting that, you know, Lavana is real, that she doesn't want this person to play her in the movie. Uh, that this, you know, she's being cursed by this person. Um, and so with it, then the writer and director, because again, we just jump right. cut, they're in this, uh, uh, well, they referred to her as a professor later. Uh, then this woman's very occult decorated yes. house or room or office or Whatever. something. And of course, she has a cat. Yes. The cat house. Um, and they're wanting her to help uh, with this movie. And they say, well, what's it about? Oh, it's a witch. Those are incarnated. And, oh, sounds fascinating. Yes, it's about Lavana. What? Lavana? No. Um, that, do you even know where that comes from? It comes from this other book. You don't know right. anything. Um uh, <laughs> And I just happen to have this 13th century book in my bookshelf. That's what I found odd. Where did she find that? Where did she find this original text anywhere? I mean, this thing. <laughs> I just happen to have the original text sitting here on my shelf. Right, and it was Suspiria something. What was they performed that? that was the name of the book. Yeah, and so <laughs> basically, the she's telling them that Lavana was a real witch that. She's immortal. Her soul cannot be destroyed, and that she can take over any human being if they concentrate on her enough. And so she won't help them, and they can't use the name Lavana because it'll just cause all sorts. You know, of yeah, copyright problems. I suspect. Uh, you know, I think this is trying to be the <laughs> Ring or uh, the Grudge or something. Way or any time. And any number of yeah. Films with that similar premise, yeah, you're right. Right, 
But at least this was. Oh yeah, 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 it was. So I mean, it see that tell that speaks volumes really about this film, even though it's a piece of crud. People have watched it and possibly been inspired by it, even from other countries and filmmakers from around the globe. You know, hey, it's something, right? No. Diamond from coal? I don't know. Something? No. 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 Not at all. Uh, Fludge from coal, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> lung, lung cancer from black lung from coal, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah. yeah that's probably more accurate. That's, <laughs> that's probably more accurate. Right. The lungs of Kentucky coal. Yeah. <laughs> so they got a phone call. Woman is, is taking... And this is just, it just goes. I'm I'm not just randomly pulling notes. Oh, no. It's just, this is a... This film is a choppy mess. So, uh, there's a phone call. This woman has to ride up, walk up three flights of stairs while this phone is going and going and going. Because uh, apparently there's only one phone in the whole house. Uh, and it's on the top floor. And uh, I don't remember who was calling. Um, It was the professor, wasn't it? No, 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 no. It was uh, 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 Monroe. Oh, Monroe right, right. Was calling, saying, "Oh, the boys are so happy. They're going to get produced, and they're never coming right. back again." <laughs> that was pretty much the gist of the conversation. Yeah, and then, the, and then the writer is now at the lake house, you know, typing away next to a pool on his Commodore sixty four. Um, and he gets the call, and that's from the professor. Right, the right, right, right. Desperately trying to get a hold of him. Try and and trying to to warn him about the dangers of everything. And here's the thing I thought was interesting. Sure. That scene. She's calling from a payphone in a second. Right. Why is she not using her own phone? That's a very good point. Did it, did it occur to this woman as she's riding the subway back? You know, I should probably call this person and warn them they're about to die. <laughs> no, the phone call you make from right. home instead of having to worry about having you know twenty euros to to make the phone call. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this the the professor looks very much like a heroin junkie who's really needing. She does. Um. And uh, Lavana starts talking to her. I don't, not content to rip you apart. I want to torture you to your mind. <laughs> oh, oh, that Lavana piece of card, isn't and, she? <laughs> and, and then they show, and I'm going to use this term, uh, a human heart. And by that, I mean the plastic. Uh, <laughs> Piece of crap, uh, Walmart decor, uh, you know the the sort of thing that that you would you would fill with, uh, you know, red Jello or something, and say, oh, it's a heart, if and and you'd be grossed out by it if you were in third. Right. Because about- and what I really like <laughs> about it is that the yeah. human heart, her heart's about to explode. It's so terrifying. Yet it's just a heart. Hanging in darkness. There's no other internal organs. There's no. There's no blood vessels. There's no arteries going in or nope. out of it. It's just a heart hanging in darkness, going boom, 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 boom. Yeah. 
while this woman goes into histrionics on the outside and just then all of a sudden her stomach explodes and blood pours out like yeah. a geyser. For some reason, yeah, you know, it's uh yeah. Terrible. But was this real? Was this real? Uh you know what? Who knows? I mean <laughs> I don't know, and I don't guess it really matters. Uh, <laughs> perhaps it was, or perhaps it was all a grand illusion. I don't really know. That's that was re- that was never really uh, addressed, you know. I don't know. Nothing yeah, addressed. No. Nothing is addressed. Even when they wrap this up, oh my god, I wrap this up. Um, <laughs> jump, jump to the guy at the lake house, and all of a sudden his pool goes right. red. There's a black cat walking on a oh, yes. wall, making all sorts of horrible noises. Then you get a point of view camera scene. Ah! <laughs> yeah, they, uh, there again, what the heck happened to that guy? Something attacked him, obviously. And he gets up a little later, a couple scenes later, he's covered with blood. I'm thinking that a cat. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, is this supposed to be sort of like we're alluding to the fact that this cat did this without actually having to try and coerce a cat or even get a fake cat to actually make it look like it was attacking the gentleman? So they just, you know what? Just toss a, just toss a cat on a person's face, it will do plenty of damage. You know? <laughs> You're right about that. Been there, yeah, <laughs> yeah but that would have uh, been too much work. It's easier so, just to have the guy scream. We're back at home with Anne, and uh, there's green light, and she's being called downstairs by the demonic voice. So of course, she just walks downstairs again. And, oh no, model trains! <laughs> I know what was that all about? That was something else. Model trains. That that's not creepy. No. It's like that's not creepy. It's yeah. model trains. And now there's a girl inside the TV. Which I- and she knows who yeah. this girl is. She's called her Sybil. Yeah, and you know what? That's interesting because at the beginning of the film, they show a gravestone that says Sybil on it. Uh, yeah, they did, and even though the little girl in the television's name was Sybil, it still literally makes no sense. So, so continue. No, because, because uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, she's on television. She is. And she's like, Oh, Sybil, uh, and, and the Sybil's talking to her and saying that Lavana's inside of her and that Sybil's been inside of her her whole life. And that's okay because fairies are almost exactly like a yeah. witch. So Sybil's a fairy, but we don't know why or what or anything. There's just no, it's just there. It's just <laughs> yeah. That to me, I I watched, you know, I actually watched this film. I've probably seen it about three times in my life. Uh, And I still don't know what's going on a good portion of it. And um, yeah. So anyway, it eludes me. I I don't quite get it. Right. And then guts fall out of the TV and there's a knife in the guts. This scene I particularly found amusing. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Sybil's voice turns into Lavana's right. voice and, and pick up the knife and become Lavana. And so she picked up the knife. Well, she or, or leave it alone and remain yourself. And so she picked well, up she, the knife. She gave her the choice, remember? She said, or don't pick it up and uh, forget about it. Never mind. You'll be fine. But she grabs the knife immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
And then she's like, the baby's upstairs. You know what you have to do. <laughs> uh, so she goes upstairs. And now the husband bursts in. And it's not Anne. It's the bubble-faced alien thing. And what are you doing? And she pulls off the mask. And I, it's movie makeup. I would never hurt the baby. You... Where would the movie makeup come from? <laughs> right. And they literally just wrote that four-page script. You... Yeah. You know, all this from a four-page script. You know, she's acting. She's getting into character. So, of course, what you do when you get into character, like Brando, you take a butcher knife into an infant's room. That's what you do. Uh, <laughs> so, she stabs the husband. The husband pulls out the knife and stabs her back. Okay, the movie's over? No! It's a <laughs> Yeah, that uh, completely took me off guard when I realized, oh, it's just a dream again. And here's, here's my notes. You know, and, and at this point, I had to memorialize my feelings on this. That this movie is just confusing enough with this horrible jump cuts and it's a dream, it's not a dream, it's a hallucination, it's not a hallucination. It's just enough to give me a migraine, but it's not bad enough to be amusing. So, like, when we're talking about, you know, Frankenstein versus Dracula or Dracula versus Frankenstein, sure, sure. that movie was, and it was so confusing, that was at least like, okay, um, there's an amusement level to this, but this was just tenuously strung together, just enough that you're like, I want this to sort of make sense. Please have mercy and make it have right. sense. But it never does. It, it, never, it does. never does. Uh, no. And so, you know, it's a dream. And then the there's the the baby is actually gone. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy, oh yeah, here we go. Um dad, dad doesn't want to call the cops. To help get the right. baby. And he's like, oh no, we'll just take care of it ourselves and then leaves. Now, again, I'm not the world's greatest dad. <laughs> but, 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 um, maybe I would think, I would hope that I have a little more concern for my own child than this guy yeah. did. That I was like, oh, I'm sure the baby will turn up soon. <laughs> yeah. Casey Anthony's baby turned up somewhere too, buddy. Um. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, this guy was a terrible father. Let's just say. <laughs> was terrible. He runs off to, to apparently just have sex with Carolyn Monroe. Lousy um, husband then, too. Oh yeah. And then of course, you know, he's like, well, I don't know what she's going to do when uh, I tell her that I'm giving you the part of Lavana. Uh, I just don't want the, the press to think that she's crazy because her marriage is falling apart. Uh, all right. Um, Another great movie line. Yes, that's great. But then, the, then we go back to the house and someone's honking the horn and uh, Anne's running downstairs calling for whatever his name is. And all, all of a sudden, the car drives through the wall. Yes, of the house. it does. I'm just trying to think. If you're honking the horn, why are you not putting on the brake? I, I don't right. Know. If you're aware enough to do that, and then and right, and then it's it's the writer, 
and he stumbles out of the car and he's got a knife yeah. in his back in the right in the middle of the spine perfectly vertical like all knives go in the human <laughs> yeah i think we've had a discussion about this on another film about how you know you see these knives stabbed into people's backs and it's always right in the center yeah. of the spine perfectly you know right. erect and yeah it's just not halfway in perfectly yeah. fine Sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now it just gets confusing. Yeah, now, now it begins to get um, confusing. Yes, you're right. At this part, it started getting confusing. One off the rails here. Uh, see, she goes to the producer's house because she knows the producer had something to mm -hmm. do with it. How? Because there's never a clue. No. And there's not even like a thought process like, Oh, well, such and such did this and such and such. It has to be. No, it's just like, I figure it out and drives the producer. The producer is dead. Yeah. And doesn't look like he's dead. He looks like a, he's a member of the Misfits. <laughs> doesn't look like he's dead. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> Sitting there so, with a butt uh, on him. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Yeah, well, well it's got the, the, the makeup yep. under the eye and the makeup around the cheek to make you look all. Sort of. Gaunty, um, I guess. Gaunt or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but when you have a round face and you're kind of chubby, you can't make yourself look gaunt with some, you know, smear on your. Right, on your it doesn't cheek really bone, work. Dude. No, so she shoots yeah. him because he dies, and then his assistant comes out <sighs> of nowhere with, I don't know if you noticed mm -hmm. this or not, the same curved blade dagger called yeah. the Chris knife. The same knife that was in the movie they were shooting at the beginning. I did not make that connection. So, wow. So, so the 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 you know mass killer that killed the driver in yes. the movie was used this you know jag this this curved jagged blade, and it's the same knife. I see. Which makes it no doesn't sense. make any sense. I mean, it's. You know, because cause when I'm going to murder somebody, because I'm possessed by the, the spirit of an undead supernatural uh, yeah. witch, uh, I always go to my nearest uh, movie set and steal one of their yeah. props because they always make the best. Yeah, because they're movies. usually uh, deadly, aren't they? Because they're not at all fake or anything, usually. They're usually authentic right. murder weapons. And this, and this knife looked, this knife looked yeah. fake. <laughs> it looked like it was one of the ones that was wrapped in tin yeah, foil. Like a piece of cardboard wrapped in tin foil, and oh, I'm gonna stab you. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's that's very, <laughs> very much how it went down. It's interesting that you should reference that scene from the beginning of the film, uh, where they were actually filming the film in the film. The guy with the pantyhose over his face, the murderer, um, is a bit of an homage to a Mario Bava film from '64 called Blood and Black Lace. Um, that's never referenced directly, but if you Nothing <laughs> But if you've ever seen that film, the murderer, he worked over and no his. Else no one else you know, you just check it out. Check out the lobby card or something. The guy's got the stocking over his face, the hat. You and, you and Quentin Tarantino and maybe one of those guys that worships him slavishly. You know, maybe you guys have seen that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I thought that was for you movie aficionados out there. Blood and Black Lives from 64. Then we go, then we go uh, to Bang Tango song. Again. Yes. Um, they got a lot of mileage out of that, that stuff. 
baby baby statue, and now she's talking to Cora, and is, is now talking mm-hmm. to Cora. Cora, who just had an illicit affair with the husband, and then got up and took a bath and got dressed and is now in this now gown, is possessed by right. Lavana. But it's talking like go home because Lavana's waiting. Right. Because that makes sense. So she's not possessed nah. by Lavana. But she yeah. is, but she's not. <laughs> and okay. Um, so apparently Cora had the baby. Um, I think her name is Cora, whatever. Car- Carolyn. Oh, Monroe Nora, Nora, yes. Had yeah. Baby. And uh, so Anne picks up the baby, puts him in the car, tosses him in the front seat, that's, and drives off. No car that scene. Kids just laying oh. in the front seat. I had to rewind the film and watch that scene again because that baby is just, yeah, she tossed him on the seat and it's just taking a nap on the front seat. No restraints, no nothing. If she were to smile immediately, that baby's... Boom, there goes the baby. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, Italian safety. Story. Right, that scene right there. It, and it, and it kind of reminded me of the scene earlier in the film where she's in the car with a gun on the seat, except now it's a baby. The right. baby has no restraint, so it's thing. I don't know if right. they did that and, sort of mirror. Then we go back to I think it's a White Lion song this time, and you know, I that there there's no soundtrack to this no. movie. Okay, there's not music behind it. There, there somebody had two exactly from America. <laughs> One was Bang Tango Psycho Cafe. The other was White Lion Big Game. Those were the only two those the only songs come from those two cassettes. And it is just like when we were making movies and we wanted to put music behind it. You stand there with a boombox next to right. the camera and you play that section and you turn it yep. down. That's exactly how this music is mixed. That's exactly movie. It. it is exactly it's like that. Wild. It is just dumb as <laughs> Now now Carolyn Monroe and I don't know, is it the husband? You know what? I, I thought, that, I thought you mean when they're in the car together and they're going to meet with Levana. I thought it might be the repairman. I oh, think. Okay. I, Don't I, quote I, me on that. I, I, I think it's the repairman. Because, of course, he's in cahoots with it as well somehow. I don't know. And they talked to Levana, and but I, who's supposed to have, I thought, was possessed by possessed right. Carolyn Monroe, but apparently yeah. he didn't. And you were supposed to kill Anne, but you didn't. Well, you knew my power was weak. What power? Who are you? What are you talking about? Power? That's what I thought. How much? How much power does it take to, you know, I don't know, kill somebody, stab somebody, shoot somebody? She didn't didn't need any supernatural abilities to do that, did she? Well, when was this brought up that this woman even had any never. power? Never. It was never mentioned once. What? No. It's not. It's all of a sudden. Well, my power is weak, and I should have had your help. Well, you failed me, so she blows up the same. <laughs> yes, with the uh, with the repairman inside. And, yeah, and, and just and just as an inside joke, um, you know, I, 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 and this is for you, me, and sure. Vince. 
uh, I just wanted to uh, to hear somebody say, uh, Andale Gigante, someone's blowing up the car. <laughs> Well, I have a lot of I have a lot of enemies. <laughs> Vince, you know I'm talking to you, and I love you. Uh, That's awesome. So uh, then, Levana pulls out a straight razor, and Cor- Carolyn Monroe cuts her own throat, and um, now Anne's back at home. Um. The puts the baby to bed. Then the house starts shaking, and there's earthquakes and and really badly drawn lightning bolts going oh, all yeah. over the place. And every window's being lit up from a different color, but it's not even a light. It's the you know we're just drawing a, a light on the film itself, and all sorts of different colors. And then it just stops. Um, and what I thought, what I saw was kind of interesting again is that the car is still through the front part right. of the house. Uh, yet, you can't see that from the outside shots. It's always the same shot that from the is... outside. So this is like some Doctor Who <laughs> stuff where the car is existing inside the uh, living room, uh, only from the inside. From the outside. Well, in this film, it. anything's possible, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're uh, apparently led to so. believe. Um, anything goes then then there's a kid and she's like hello William. oh it's that yeah it's, uh, it's Vlad the Impaler again <laughs> okay. he's back I know everything now what do you mean you know everything <laughs> I, uh, I just figured it out just now and and then the William turns into some girl and um, you know, then the girl's like, "I have taken the place of your God. Everything I think happens. I can control time and uh, control everything." And it's like, Anne's now saying that the I'm the only one that you can't control, which is why you fear me. None of this is ever nope. referenced. None of this ever happened anywhere. It's just what yeah. this uh, and. And so, uh, Levana, you know, blows up Anne, and then we cut to outer space. Yes, you heard me. We cut to outer space. Yeah, and you get to see all those groovy planets and all that jazz again, like at the beginning of the film. Right, and then uh, we hear Anne's voice. I can control time. I just roll it right back. And then she's there again. And um, you finally see sort of that. What, was Levana wearing pants? I couldn't tell because if she was wearing pants, they were kind of flesh colored. But the the copy was so bad, I couldn't tell if she was wearing pants or not. Do you um, know? I don't, you know? I don't know, honestly. I, never, I didn't even, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it looked like she had like a, a little black top on. It was sort of a, a capey looking thing, but then it didn't look like she actually had pants. And it was, I don't so know. So she may not have. I really didn't uh, notice. Uh, the film quality wasn't great anyway. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, then, well, we'll just have to share this world half good, half bad. No, you're wrong again. She 
Streuser, I guess. Um, <laughs> what? Did she, I don't know. I, I don't, the, she... I probably, yeah, because this movie does that to me. Um, she called herself a mutant. Did you catch that? Or she, no, no, she referred to her as a mutant. That's what it was. Yeah, you're you're a mutant. Uh, but then, so apparently, Anne's had all this power the entire time, but it's never been referenced. Um, you know, Carol Monroe's had all this power the entire time, it's never referenced. Uh, there's things that are going on that are real, not real, never explained. Um, and, and then in an ending that makes me wish for Ninja Terminator. <laughs> um, it's just sort of like it, it stops. Um, and then we start over again uh, with a sprinkler. There's a big, long, extended a scene of a sprinkler yes, going off yes. in the garden. And then you have a baby, the picture of the baby being held and you didn't destroy me. I'm inside your baby now. Ha ha ha. Yeah, and the baby's freeze frame. Baby's freeze frame and the eyes. Yes. Um, interesting ending, right? And it makes me yearn for the. It makes me yearn for the exploding red ninja from Ninja Turtles. No, I, I agree completely with that. Yeah. Made made more sense then. Because I don't know. Um, so are we led to believe she like? Okay, she called her, herself, I believe she referred to herself as the next step in evolution. And then um, the other, you know, the hero or heroine, whatever it called her. Oh, I see you're a mutant. So are we dealing with witches and supernatural or are we dealing with mutant, mutant genes or kind of what is this film supposed to be? Well, I don't know, man. You know, you may watch this stuff. You're supposed to have an idea about it. I just have to endure it long enough to not. Right, die. right. So it, 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 like, I don't know. It just, uh, it went from like a spooky witch film to like, it, to this mutant evolution nonsense. But it's, but it's only referenced. Like nothing ever oh. happens. There's no battle. Just standing yeah. there, and then they blow up one at a time, and then it's over. And then there's a garden, and then there's a baby with glowing yeah. eyes. And then, uh, so it's, and that's basically supposed to be, yeah, like Lavarna in the baby, right? Right. That's, Assuming yeah. so. But, but the thing is, I thought from before that Sybil had said that Lavana had been inside Anne her whole life, and that Sybil had been in yeah. Anne her whole life. And one was a witch and one was a fairy. Right. So, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Well, that was it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, this script uh, it didn't really explain anything. It's just a big question mark. Uh, so, yeah, you know. Demon uh, oh, Six, no. yes, yes. Good. <laughs> the only thing that I that I you know can say I actually actually enjoyed was the odd surprise that you know. They're using Bang Tango and White Lion music as the soundtrack. Yeah. And, you know, Bang Tango is one of these like really odd, kind of semi obscure mm -hmm. bands that you kind of have to have been into the scene and known who these people were to, to have known them. And they had some decent songs. They were never big because they yeah. weren't that great. They had like two or three pretty good songs. Um, and they, and the, that was it. And then they used the stuff off of. Uh, White Lion's second album, 
which was nowhere near as good right. as the first album. Um, but I mean, okay, for me, it was interesting. Like, okay, yeah, I recognize that song. Oh my God, this is Bang Tango again. White Lion again. It's Bang Tango again. They only had two different bands here, people. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, that was the highlight, is uh, hearing uh, uh, 30-year-old music. That was, that was the best part of this movie. Well, at least you found something uh, salvageable from this film. Um, and let's... <laughs> And the, and the titles there again, Demon Six, uh, which really has nothing to do with the series of demon films, which were started by Lumberto Bava uh, in, the, in the early mid 80s, something like, I think it's mid 80s, 84, 85, perhaps. I could be off a little bit, but yeah. So, I mean, this is really not connected at all to those demon films, even though it's called Demon yeah. Six, like it's the sixth installment, really no connection to those films at all. Right, and it's not even. Uh, a no, demon. it's not a demon, and apparently it's not a witch either. It's a mutant. Either a witch. It's either a witch or a mutant or uh, a fairy. <laughs> or a fairy. Sure. Yeah, and it's uh, really not really related to uh, Poe's Black Cat story at all either. If anyone. The Profundus is the most accurate title, uh, simply because the book is referenced to Spirit of Fundus in the film. So anyway, with that being said, this movie. Uh, is a bit of an enigma, a bit of a riddle, a bit of a uh, conundrum, right? No, it's it's a hot mess. It's a stinking hot, sloppy well, if you want, mess. If you it want to use street vernacular, we'll go there. It, yeah, it's a hot mess. It's a it is. It is. It, it it stunk like a hobo dipped in vinegar. Mm. Okay, it was just. It was oh. bad. Well, well, do you have any closing comments before we <laughs> before we go? You know, I, it, it's just, this, this is, movie was frustrating. I, mean, I, I know I get worked up about how horrible these movies all are, and they're just god-awful. Every, every movie we've ever watched on this, for this podcast has just been so freaking bad. But, you know, this was a level of irritating. You know, this wasn't just like, oh, would you just, it's because it's just, it almost made sense, but it didn't. And it, and it didn't reach the outlandish levels where you could just sort of go with it. And then it just got so confusing at the very end that by the end, you just really just want to, you know, slam your foot on something sharp and just to feel something other than the pain you're watching this. It's just. Wow. Horrible. Well, I, yeah, I didn't quite get that out of it, but uh, I'm glad you. <laughs> well, you watched it three times. Over the course of several years, I mean, you know. I don't care the course of several lifetimes if you're a Hindu. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This film was actually suggested uh, to, to review by Justice Height. Uh, he actually watched it, told me how that off if he was. If he's still in the room with you, hit uh, it. Oh. I'm <laughs> I thought it was a great suggestion, and uh, it just added to the misery of all these, you know, all these other films that we've reviewed. So um, I'm glad you enjoyed it once oh. again. Yeah, and and again, just to, just to throw this in there, because it's an Italian yes. film, it's all looped, it's oh, yeah. all dubbed, um, and so I think that may be why they had the soundtrack from the music that they did, because I literally do think they just sort of queued up the cassette to the spot that they needed to, and hit the play real quick, and they play that you know snippet of music, and then they fade it out. I, I'm they did not loop this in professionally; they just dubbed it right. in. From a boom. 
they had to because just the way it's just cut in is just like you would do that if you were a high schooler in the early 90s or late 80s and you had your buddy's camcorder and trying exactly. to do that crap. That's exactly what so they So if you watch the Italian version, it probably makes complete sense and the soundtrack is probably uh, amazing as well. So enjoy the Italian version uh, if you can. You know, I would prefer to watch the Italian version because then I wouldn't have the script. I could just watch this and go, okay, I'm sure this makes sense somehow. And I, I could have that cognitive dissonance of, you know, deniability that perhaps this does isn't as horrible as it looks. And, and yet I'm sure that every word that was in that movie translated in English was um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, my friend... I think we're going to wrap this up and uh, you know, uh, once again, uh, everyone out there, stay safe. Please do. Uh, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, you know, I can only pray that a fire tornado comes through carrying a bunch of murder hornets and uh, destroys me uh, before the next chance I have to watch something that my friend suggests, or uh, in this case, uh, his traitorous son suggests. <laughs> uh, well, I'll be praying for your safety because uh, the next episode will be coming soon. Oh, oh, could it? Could we hasten the end? Could we hasten the end? Yes. All right. Well, for Payton Green Peppers podcast, my name and is Shane Aiden, and I'm, I'm the uh, with... inflictor of pain, apparently, right? Yeah, the inflictor of pain. And, uh, Folks, just stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and uh, keep your produce yes. fresh. Adios.